How is Toyota taking UK's proposed plan to reach all electric car sales by 2030? And why is the third report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change not here yet? Hey y'all, welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckensphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and US-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start in California, where the Sierra snowpack for January to March is at its lowest level since the gold rush, 38% of normal. Even though we got a bit of needed rain during the recent storm, we are still in a mega drought. Yet Californians are using water like this isn't happening. Now to some climate victories, all today in the U.S. The Rappahannock tribe along the Chesapeake Bay in Virginia got 465 acres returned to them by the U.S. Interior Department Friday. The land has been given its tribal name back, Pisacoke. The tribe is planning to build an indigenous education center on the river for people to learn about the tribe's history and ecological knowledge. Meanwhile, Washington State created a 2,300-acre eelgrass and kelp sanctuary offshore of Everett. The sanctuary will hold off any development for the next 50 years in this area. This is part of a larger effort by the state to conserve and restore 10,000 acres of eelgrass and kelp by 2040. These ecosystems are important for the larger marine environment, and they are being weakened by the warming water. Now to the climate fails. China has made a commitment to stop building coal plants overseas in its Belt and Road Initiative, but it made it clear that it did not include projects currently under construction. Climate scientists predict the projects currently under construction will release 300 million tons of CO2 equivalent a year once they're built. Over to the UK, where Toyota is threatening to end 30 years of manufacturing there because it thinks the UK's push towards electric vehicles is too harsh. The UK plans to impose a percentage of new cars and vans sold that have to be EVs in 2024 and then have that percentage slowly rise until it reaches 100% in 2030. If companies fail to meet these requirements, they will either be fined or forced to buy credits from rivals that exceeded the requirement threshold. The UK also plans to make tougher emissions requirements for gas and diesel cars sold. Toyota, who has been betting heavily on hybrid technology rather than switching over to EVs, doesn't like this plan and is threatening to take 3,000 jobs away. In another part of the UK, British Just Stop Oil activists are disrupting operations at oil terminals. Over 200 have been arrested. The activists want their government to stop new oil and gas projects. Over in the U.S., climate groups including Greenpeace USA, 350.org, and the Sunrise Movement are trying to block the nomination of Jennifer Reardon to the position of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York because of her background in helping the fossil fuel industry. She used to work for the law firm Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher, which has defended the Dakota Access Pipeline and represented Chevron in controversial environmental cases. She was just approved by the House yesterday. So now she's on to the Senate. I recently talked about how fossil fuel companies pay for a free education site to talk to kids about how gassing is fracking great. Well, big agriculture is printing children's books that say pesticides and nitrogen fertilizers are the bee's knees. The American Farm Bureau Foundation started the Feeding Minds Press in 2019 to counter supposed anti-factory propaganda in schools. 
One book meant for fourth graders called A Very Good Project presents a chemical spray as the best solution for solving a farm's spider mite problem. One kid even says in the book that she doesn't want chemicals on her food, to which the experts in the book say that it will be fine if people follow their instructions. The industrial arm of the American Farm Bureau Foundation is one of the biggest polluters of fresh water in the U.S. and a major contributor for nitrous oxide and methane emissions. Okay, I'm leaving you on a neutral note. It's kind of just a fun factoid, I guess. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change will drop the third report of a five-part series any day now. It was actually already supposed to be here, but instead it had the longest approval process in the history of the panel. Though the rest of the report is created by an international group of independent scientists, the summary for policymakers gets collaborated on by the world's governments and scientists. So this was the part that took a long time to approve. The first two reports laid out to the climate science and how bad things are now and will soon get. This report will lay out how the world should reduce emissions to meet the Paris climate targets. And that was your climate news for the day. If you like the work I do, please give this a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out my YouTube channel called The Becosphere Climate Corner. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.